gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. This is episode number 48 on Friday, February 7th of 2020. Broadcasting from our, uh, I don't know, newly renovated studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly, I don't even know what to say. It's been so long since we did the show. I know. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of lose track. Crazy uh, schedule problem last week. So uh, met, uh, this should have been last week, but um, uh, we'll we'll get it in this P- week. Parental duties from John. That's, Sorry, that's, it was my fault. And uh, you know what? I had something to do with that too. That was, I actually I was gone. We would have done on a Monday, but I was gone. So. Now we're synced back up. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, there's a few things coming up because you're taking vacation soon, right? Uh, not until April. Okay. So um, um, I think I'm actually around finally. Holy moly. For a while. Yeah, just in the middle of February, we uh, do something right. with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I, I yeah, got to plug right. it just because it's such a great thing for the kids. Um, we do our radio a ton, and of course, we work in radio, and it's a, a very... <laughs> man, it's, a, it's an emotional two days, yeah. but it's uh, the way this community steps up and and helps out these kids is like is overwhelming so absolutely yeah no it's a, it's a great cause and we've been involved in that for a long time yes for the um, radio station i'm yeah. i've been here for almost three years but right. yeah the radio station itself has been with it doing it 19 now yes so, I believe so, sorry shameless on. plug i just i, just no, I don't think it's a shame i don't think any shame in that that's yeah. a great cause and you got a lot of you got a lot of different radio formats and a lot of different radio stations throughout the the nation that actually does this so it's yep. it's fantastic cause yeah, anyways exactly. i know where we're going now we're going horror movie news. <laughs> that's right we got a little bit of it too uh brian cranston reenacted a couple scenes from the shining in a new mountain dew commercial you may have seen on super bowl uh i was going to talk about this before the super bowl but uh commercial i guess was supposed to show that the new mountain dew is as good as the old uh was the original only it's different you know zero sugar i don't know if it really portrayed the ad it's got zero sugar or something like that i don't what is it called again mountain dew uh, zero zero (laughs) i have no idea uh, I thought it was a little silly, uh, capped off by Double Cranston's wearing the blue dresses, recalling the Grady twins. Uh, I don't know if you caught this or not. I, I did. You know, it was one of my favorite commercials for the really? for the Super Bowl. That in the Jason Momoa. I love the Jason Momoa one. That was pretty funny. That yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. But uh, obviously, being in marketing, we have a uh, you know, being in the uh, media industry, we have an interest in commercials. But uh, I'm not so sure this was masterful marketing. Uh, I guess it got them some attention, and it did what it was supposed to, though. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, uh, Blumhouse uh, or Blumhouse? I'm sorry, geez, how did I say that? Blumhouse developing a new adaption of The Thing. iHorror reports that executive producer Ellen Dons will be helming the Universal and Blumhouse release. Uh, reportedly, the new movie incorporates more of the novels Frozen Hell and Who Goes There, which the movie was originally based on. Uh, John Carpenter's 1982 movie, of course, a remake of itself of The Thing from Another World, a uh, 51 RKO picture that was uh, that was actually featured in Rob Zombie's Halloween movie. Remember that? It was. Yeah. Uh, just a few references for you there. Um, <laughs> Sam Raimi in talks to direct the sequel to Doctor Sleep. No. Did you hear about this? No. A uh, movie we will be reviewing very soon. Next actually. week? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On Horrorphoria here, Scott Derrickson was associated with the project. He's left. iHorror reports that the Evil Dead director is his likely successor. I'm a little surprised he's getting a sequel. Because, Why would he uh, even t- like, want to touch a Stephen King adaptation? I mean, to me, it's like he, he, he revolutionized 
horror. And we'll get into that in episode 50, but why? I, I don't know. You know, and he, he wrote Dr. Sleep, obviously, so it's, a, it's a legit sequel to The Shining. Yes, it is. But you're going to go, you're going to step up and just have some other writer write uh, write a sequel to Dr. Sleep now? A sequel to a sequel. <laughs> a sequel to a sequel, and, which didn't do all that well. You know, and Dr. Sleep, uh, although it's critically acclaimed, I mean, a lot, everybody who's seen it loved it. Uh, we're going to have Brad on, and I think he liked it, if I remember right. He seemed to enjoy it. Like, here, here's what I saw, is that it was, like, split right down the middle. The people that liked it mm-hmm. really liked it. The people that didn't enjoy it really disliked it. Call that polarizing, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah, well, we'll, I'll, we'll watch it next for next week, and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out, but we'll see how it is, but... Uh, if there is a sequel to it, looks like Sam Raimi might be involved. Hmm. Trailer for the Chris Rock reboot of Saw, Spiral from the Book of Saw is what it's called, is out. Did you see the uh, new trailer? I did. I didn't know what to think of it. Yeah. Chris Rock appears to be having a training day moment with some new t- new detective. Yeah. You know, it's kind of reminded me of training day. They're using a classic 70s Camaro as a cop car. Yeah. I didn't quite understand that. Was was I wrong or did Sam Jackson almost seem like the antagonist in the movie? You know, I, I wonder if uh, Samuel Jackson is, you know, uh, the, uh, what's that guy's name? The Jigsaw? guy who's behind, him, behind it all. Yeah. What is it? I Jigsaw. Got, I got kind of a vibe that he was Jigsaw. Yeah. I, well, I got the vibe he was in the antagonist in the movie. Now, now he's Chris Rock's dad. I mean, that's officially his part. Okay. So. Uh, plot seems to center around the murder of police officers. Looks like Chris Rock's character might be given the choice to saw through it. Uh, his handcuffer, his arm at the end of the end of the trailer. There. Yeah, it was so just a little it, homage. It, to, yeah, it paid to, to the very first mm-hmm. one of having you know mm-hmm. the dull hacksaw mm-hmm. and being chained up. Right, exactly. So uh, looks pretty interesting. I, I'm very interested to see this. Uh, sounded like Chris Rock had some very interesting ideas for this. So. Um, Another reboot coming our way is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Come reboot. On. <laughs> Bloody disgusting announced that Ryan and Andy Tohill of The Dig will direct this one. Uh, this one's being produced by Fede Alvarez, who, you know, did the um, Evil, Evil Dead. Dead reboot, yep. uh, which uh, even as a mega fan, you know, I really like that reboot. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I Maybe the original is just so iconic and perfect. You know, I, I'm not sure ever going to be able to do it effectively, uh, at least not for me. Uh, every attempt to do this in the past, I think it's failed. Well, when was um, the when was the other remake? Was it 2003? The one yeah. with Jessica Biel? Yep, the, the, that was about 2000. I mean, there were some cool yeah. things about it, but it was just Sure, there were some terrible. cool things about it. I don't know that... I, I just, I don't know, man. Uh, it's I think it's like remaking Psycho or The Exorcist. You know, unless you do a shot by shot remake, which which is a dumb idea as well, like they did with Psycho, Psycho yeah. uh, you're I, I really don't think you're gonna give the audience uh, anything that improves it or properly pays homage to the original. It's just gonna be compared to it uh, and probably unfavorably. Um, I don't know. I think Leatherface is interesting. I think you can do something with that character. I don't mind uh, seeing him in sequels and stuff. I guess I I don't know where the line is drawn between a reboot and just something that involves like the Sawyer family and Leatherface because I think Leatherface could you know you could do some things with that character, but uh, was, <sighs> I kind of disagree with that because Leatherface was was you know he he was like just the help. I I, I thought yeah. what carried Texas Chainsaw was like the family group. Yeah, like, like yeah, the, no, each right. individual, uh-huh. and yeah, you're right. It, but I mean, Leatherface kind of breaks out as the car- it's it's kind of like Jason in the first Friday Thirteenth. He wasn't uh, 
He wasn't necessarily the, uh, he wasn't even the villain in the first Friday the 13th, you know. But right, he, but when they went back to reboot it, he wasn't that, the necessarily just the villain in, in the 2003. And and even when they did uh, Texas no, Chainsaw 2, yeah. you know, he was still, he was still like this, this, you know, hired, well, not hired. He was the muscle of the family. Right, he was, know? exactly. But I'm, I'm saying you could do something with Leatherface, I think. And yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe they should just leave this alone. That I I agree. I'm more on the side of leaving it alone. But I will say this is what what he did with the, the Evil Dead. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And I'm a massive Evil Dead fan. Oh, we'll get into know? that. Oh, we will. Yeah, we'll be talking about that uh, soon here, uh, a couple episodes. But um, I I did. I thought he treated the Evil Dead reboot decently, and I I got a I enjoyed it. So. Uh, we'll see how this goes, and we'll definitely review it. I'm sure we'll watch this, and uh, we'll talk about it as it comes up. All right. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I guess I would say cautiously optimistic if that's going to happen. I, that, yeah, with the uh, with the people behind this, uh, I I am very interested. So, sure. I think that's it for horror movie news today. Uh, I got a uh, horror movie trivia. Okay. This is the directorial debut for Travis Stevens. He's had his hand in horror movies for a decade now with over 20 credits to his name. Wow. Not as a director. What did he start doing when he first started? Hmm. I don't know much about this guy. I didn't even really uh, take a look at him. Um, I don't know. Gaffer? No, he was a producer. Oh, he was a producer. You ever heard of these? Because like, he did a lot of indie horror movies like okay. Starry Eyes. Oh, yeah. I saw Starry Eyes. Uh, ch- cheap Thrills. Okay. Yeah. These are good. Some, some decent He was movies. producer for yeah. those movies. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, movie stars Phil Brooks, CM Punk of WWE fame, and a UFC fighter. <laughs> not much of a UFC. Uh, yeah, not really. But uh, <laughs> Phil, I think he likes to go by Phil Brooks these days. Uh, Phil isn't the first WWE star to break out into horror movies. There's been a bunch of them who played monsters, killers, uh, even protagonists, like in this movie. My favorite horror movie starring a WWE or WWF at the time, actor. I know who it is. Was this 1988 movie starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, which centered it on some special glasses that allowed him to see horrific monsters who controlled the world? The classic from John Carpenter, They Live. That's correct. They Live. There's a great wrestling fight in that uh, between him and Keith David. Oh, my God. I, it's I don't like know. one of the best. Like, they look like they hurt each <laughs> they other. They did, man. I don't know why the, Keith David just didn't put the, the glasses on, you know? I mean, if Rowdy Rowdy wanted me to put the glasses on that bad, I'd just do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Cool. Um, I got that right. Uh, so, anyways, Andy was uh, first trained as a, or I guess you have a background <laughs> in creative marketing That's writing. Great. So, to mm-hmm. give a quick synopsis, it is the chainsawed. Well, it's Andy's Chainsawed Plot, That's correct. Uh Uh-huh. So, Andy's Chainsawed Plot, Don moves from the big city into a fixer-upper in the suburbs to escape his past, but the past of the house will haunt him and his family worse than anything he's running from. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Before we get into this movie, uh, this is your spoiler alert. Uh, From 2019, Girl on the Third Floor, like I said before, Travis Stevens, his directorial debut from 2019. Starring CM Punk slash Phil Brooks. That's right. Um, I don't know, Andy. It, it, it starts off very uh, promising, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this this movie held my interest, and it was uh, I think it was interesting. Uh, the title of the movie was not very good. I would have never been drawn to this based on the title. I mean, when you when you brought it up, I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know where. I, I guess there. Well, there's three floors on this 
in this house, I guess. But mm-hmm. was she on the third one? I, I don't know. She spent most of the time in the basement, I yeah, think. Right. You know, so I, I wasn't real. I, I don't think its title was, was uh, very well chosen. Well, but te- Technically, uh, it would have been four floors. Yeah, right? Well, I, I guess so. So she was on the third. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I, I guess we're going to. Here, here's. I'll preface this before we like start diving into the movie mm-hmm. is that. Since this was Travis Stevens' first movie, there were a lot of mistakes in this movie. The dialogue was kind of awful. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, some of the some of the CG was was crap. Um, some of the practical effects were all right. I thought the uh, music did not fit in real well. Like he he's he's listening to a bunch of there's a, like a pretty decent I think heavy metal soundtrack in this, but it wasn't well utilized. Like he. Listen to some heavy metal. Well, he's taking a run with his with his dog there. Yeah, he's got point. his earbuds in, and he's yeah. like, he's going for a run, or he's fixing up but the house. The, the music just didn't fit the situation very what well. About the I font, mean, it, yeah. Of, did that did that take you a little bit out of the? It was this old style, like like like. You remember the game from uh, Super Nintendo Castlevania? Yes, right. That's what that's, it looked like. The writing of Castlevania. Yeah, and, and like, along with the title, yeah, it's just like I, it's not a movie I would have chose to watch if you hadn't. Uh, I think he's lucky CM Punk decided, to, or I'm sorry, Phil Brooks decided to do this with him because if this was just some no name actor, I would have never watched this. Yeah. I mean, it would be nothing to attract me to it based on on the title and the marketing. Now, I, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, I think it was all right. Well, yeah, and to but, me, I've always I've been a fan of of Phil Brooks, CM Punk. I, mm-hmm. Back when he, even when he was in wrestling, I mean, to me, the guy had a charisma, and he just, you know, just has this natural ability mm-hmm. to be intense or whatever. I agree. Yeah, and my, I think he did a great. And my favorite part of, of of this movie was thinking about him as Ash Williams. Oh yeah, because he really had like the animation and the expressions of uh, Bruce Campbell almost. You know, he, he, he looked like he looked like a, a trim version. He of, did. Uh, uh, like the young Bruce Campbell, like a really jacked version of the young Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Bruce Campbell, yeah, it was tatted up. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, there, there's a, a, I think there's a, there's a lot that's kind of Evil Deadish in this movie. The guy is point, paying homage to Evil Dead I, a little I bit. I totally agree. There are some shots yeah. in there, especially with the cinematography yeah. that that really that kind of. It was okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, all right, yeah, I see what you're doing here. I mean, it wasn't a very clever way of playing homage. It was just like, okay, this is exactly a camera shot that they would do in right. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, I think there were a lot of um, there were a lot of really ineffective like things that should have been scary though too. Like you know, the girl is moving behind him a lot, mm-hmm. and you know, you see this. Uh, well, just to get into the plot a little bit. Um, so he, he buys. So this guy's name is Don, who Phil Brooks uh, uh, plays, and he's Don Coke. Don Coke, yes. So he's was a like an investment banker or something like that in Chicago, and this. Uh, so he he's purchased this uh, house that he's uh, fixing up, and um, he's a, he's basically been disgraced from his job. He found out that yeah. he stole money from his job or somehow was involved in something kind of shady with his job. He like defrauded a bunch of his clients, right. and um, yeah, the FBI cut him a deal right that, that he would lose his uh financial license or right. whatever barely got out of it did not go to jail he was Correct. lucky he did not go to jail and that's so his wife's the breadwinner right uh-huh so she's still in chicago she's pregnant, pregnant and she's uh she's you know uh the the, the only one working because he's unable to work because he's very disgraced so he's moved uh 
he's moving into this uh, house that he's renovating uh, for for her to move into later, ostensibly, I suppose. Is, yeah, is what's get it ready. To... Get it ready for the family, right. so they have their second start, which they get into later in the movie of what right. he did and why why they're making this move of going to the suburbs of Chicago. Um, right. So this girl shows up. One. Yeah, one, I actually like uh, before we get to that. Yeah, I, sure. I, like the imagery in there, which caught my attention, you know, because there was this sludge, blood-looking stuff in mm-hmm. the sink. You know, dead wasp. So the imagery was actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the dog goes upstairs. Cooper. Mm-hmm. I know you had a problem with what, what happens <laughs> hey, later. Nah, yeah, right, right. You don't actually see it, but you kind of do. Um, yeah. But but Cooper, the dog, finds this pile of yeah slime stuff and starts <laughs> licking it up. Well, it was kind of, um, I thought it was something, and I'm pretty sure it was what I thought it was. Well, when he goes to clean it up, you see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You see it? Uh-huh. Okay, so it, it was semen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Let's just say it was semen. Uh, and it was because there was a used condom in there. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, right. So, yeah, no, there is some really, I think, like, I think it depicts, I don't know how much you've worked on a, on a house or if you've ever tried to renovate a house, but it's gross. Like, there's some gross stuff that you find. You know? No, absolutely. But I think I, and I think it it show it, it's it, there's some some of that in here, you know, that uh, like you do find dead, dead insects and things like that. And, yeah, and I understand that. But I yeah. think like when at the beginning of the movie, it, it, it caught me going like, oh, yeah, this, you know, this is going to be creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And but it got so overused because of all the sockets and stuff. You just see this slime stuff coming out yeah so like he that there's a socket and like yeah basically slime comes out of it and yeah. then he plugs his charger into that <laughs> i think i think if there was slime coming out of the socket his I'd, drill his yeah. drill's not working because the battery ran out right so you just plug the drill charger into the uh slime leaking uh outlet i don't Let's know do that <laughs> I, I would not do that but um so, so the imagery to me was actually was kind of cool they mm-hmm. start overusing it later in the movie and this is where we meet sarah mm-hmm. you know yes, a mysterious right. woman right there's a young girl, basically, well, a woman who shows up. She's probably in her early 20s or something. Shows up and uh, is kind of just lurking around. His, I wouldn't, I don't know, hanging around his house. Yeah, and he, he asks ask her who she is, and she says that she's just someone who admires the house or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, she's so, being very flirty. Like there, there was right. some blood or sludge or something like that because Dawn's trying to fix the pipes in the sink. So Right, right. So, um, yeah, so... Eventually, she keeps hanging around. He keeps seeing her, and he invites her in, <laughs> and uh, and he ends up uh, having. Uh, she kind of, I don't know if she, she kind of seduces him a little bit. Oh yeah. But uh, there's some alcohol involved and stuff, and uh, and the one thing about that is that Phil Brooks, CM Punk, is a straight age guy. That's right. He does right. not drink. He does, he does not does drink. Not smoke. Right. He does not do any kind of drugs. That's right. Uh, his backstory is that he grew up in a rough side of town of Chicago, mm-hmm. and his dad was a full-blown alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So he swore, you know, like to play this character to me was actually knowing his backstory, mm-hmm. you know, made me respect that even more. So, yeah, maybe there's some personal, you know, something personal in, in the way he portrayed that, too, because this guy, I don't think it's ever explicitly stated, but this Don character, I think has an alcohol problem or some some sort of uh is it he's got a yeah he's got because, a lot of demons that he has to battle right. i mean again defrauding um you find out that that he's cheated cheated multiple times That's on true. his wife yep. liz yep. Uh, that he was an alcoholic because they, right. you know there was a couple of times 
like like the first time he uh, voice chats her, or yeah, voice whatever the the video chats her. Yeah, she's like, "What's that in the background?" And there's right. a beer bottle. Right. And and he goes, oh, "I don't know. There's a lot of junk in here, honey." And he just got done, you know, pounding back some some whiskey with with the pastor that lives up across the street. That's right. Yeah, that's right. She showed up, and there's so there's a church across the street. The pastor shows up and uh, wants to have a drink with him. She's got a bottle of whiskey with her, um, and. Uh, uh, he does, and uh, and and he, then he, yeah, then does he go buy some beer? He goes to a bar. Yeah, he goes to a bowling alley where he buys bar. some beer and brings it home. And then when he's video chatting his wife, yes, he makes it. Uh, he, you know, tries to hide the fact that there's bottles laying around that he's drank from, and she yeah. finds them later and and says something about it too. So obviously the guy's got some sort of issue with alcohol, and uh, so I, I I think maybe he brought some of his you know personal experience to the role with well, that he seemed he seemed like he was maybe on the straight and narrow but the first thing he did is he had a cooler full, full of beer right mm-hmm. so so he's trying to make amends or or, or the second chance the, the the whole theme of this is the second chance is is building this home and starting a family mm-hmm. and he's, he's not doing his job he's not drinking anymore you know he's not doesn't have that temptation of being around women and and, and stuff like that but the first thing he does is crack a beer and, but but he's focused. He's trying to get the house clean, trying to get it straightened up for Liz. Right. He goes to uh, the bowling alley, meets the bartender. And the bartender asks him, he's like, um, are you straight? Mm. He's like, uh, yeah, I'm married. I'm getting ready to have a child. Okay. And, and he says something like, uh, you know, straight men have had a problem with that house because he tells right. him where he's at. Yep. And he right. finds out it used to be a brothel. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It, it used to be a brothel, which, uh, so, uh, I think that's kind of, a that's something that was kind of wasted in this movie too. Cause I think that's kind of, uh, that could be very creepy. There's uh, there up, up North where we have that house. There's this, like, basically it was like an old red light district. There's still a bunch of strip clubs and stuff up there. Gotcha. There's one bar on the end of the, um, at the end that is just a regular bar. It's not, not a street, but it used to be a brothel and, you, and apparently it's haunted. And like you go in there and you think about the history and stuff of this place and it's a little creepy, you know, to, to think of that, like what's well, all the, happened in this place and who's been exploited and what kind of, uh, you know, awful things might have happened here. And I don't think that's ever really well portrayed in this movie. No. Like with the kind of, I, I mean, they, they obviously allude to the kind of things that were happening here and there was obviously some weird shows that were going on and stuff yeah uh, i think and i think as we're going through this that i know you like some things explained to you i mean some things yeah, could be ambiguous well, right. but but there wasn't a lot of explanation to no it. there wasn't uh-huh. who who are these people no and it, like uh, sarah who's the the uh girl in this yes uh, you never really she she talks and acts like a uh girl from 2020 yeah. Like a woman from 2020 would. For sure. Why? You know, I don't. She doesn't seem to have any kind of uh, knowledge of the past or any kind of. It's not like she's uh, saying. I don't recall anyway her saying anything uh, that links her to like the 1900s, which is when she apparently died because that's when this when this thing was operating. So. No, and that's exactly right. But she also uses a cell phone too. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> exactly. So what? What? Uh, I don't I don't know quite what was going on there. I think the history of all of that is just kind of lost. I know they show some scenes of of what had happened. So he goes in and and the his friend comes over. 
Yeah, the and, ceiling had collapsed. Yeah. Uh, the ceiling right. in the in what was going to be Don and Liz's bedroom collapsed, mm-hmm. um, and it reveals this like banister thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like a um, arena type. An arena, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like and, it's or a viewing area. Like the bedroom you, is look, a stadium that you're. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's what it looks like. So Don's like, "What the hell is that?" Right. And he takes down the banisters and stuff, and then mm-hmm. you know that's one of the first things they fix. Mm-hmm. Right. So his his friend comes over. I don't think did they take down the banisters? I think he just put the ceiling back up with his friend. His friend comes over. Oh, maybe. I, I, th- I thought he was taking out the banisters. I don't, no, could they, be they were carrying drywall. I'm sorry, you're yeah. right. So I think they were, they put drywall up to which they which had hidden the uh, banister or whatever. And uh, so his friend comes over and um, his friend uh, meets Sarah. Yeah, and is not very happy. You know, he's a friend of of uh, Don's Liz. wife as well, Liz, Liz as well. And is uh, it's it's obvious that uh, you know there has been some impropriety here. Uh, between Don and Sarah, yeah, and uh, this guy is is mad about it. You know, he's he's not ha- not happy about it. Uh, well, Sarah ends up uh, killing him with yeah. a hammer. Well, well, yeah, and and Don's sitting there going like, "Well, hey, man, it was just an indiscretion, and and you know, I just I I messed up. So hey, if you want to leave, I'm going to the hardware store." And he was gone for a long time. It was light, exactly. and then it was dark. That's right. But yeah, and then. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sarah ends up like, kills him with a hammer, and uh, I don't know. You ever, you know, who Hasim Rotman is? He was a boxer. Yes, <laughs> he got this giant knot on his head once from uh, I think Lennox Lewis yeah. punched him in the head, and he got this massive knot on his head. He's just like you can Google Hasim Rotman hematoma, and it, it, so that's kind of what uh, what uh, Milo I think is the guy's name. Um, yeah, Milo, sir Milo. Milo. Milo was was his friend's name. It just looks like like this uh, wound got kind of glued to the actor's head. It wasn't a very special effect. Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, like, but anyway, was it CG or was that practical? Uh, I think it was not not a great practical effect. Oh, yeah, if it was yeah. CG, they really did a poor job. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like it, it really looked like they had glued some sort of uh, suction cup to his head or something, and uh, this was supposed to be his. The head wound from his from his hammer injury. Yeah, it's a sledgehammer, like one of the mm-hmm. mini sledgehammers. Yes, but at any rate, Don gets back and and Milo is missing, uh, and uh, and before Don leaves, he he had told him, you know, if you have a problem with this, just don't be here when I get back, yep. something like that. Then told him that? to leave. Yeah, he said just leave if you, if you got a problem with it, um, and then. Uh, so Don is is like kind of going through town or whatever, and and he's relieved because he gets a message that said it's all good, man, or something. Well, like he that. Te- he texted it, uh, Milo multiple times, and he finally mm-hmm. gets a text back saying, yeah. "All good, it all good." Yeah. So exactly. so it's like, all right, you so. know. But this is where like Don kind of turns, where where you're kind of you're not sympathetic towards him, but yeah. you're like, okay, his wife gave him the second chance, maybe we should. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. I, I think Don really does make a turn here. And the end of the movie, like the at the at the end of the movie, he, he's not really the he's clearly not the protagonist anymore. No. His his wife shows up, and she really becomes the person you're rooting for here. Oh yeah, and you know you could care less about Don, I guess. It's really kind of a strange, I don't know, turn in the movie where it went so many different directions. It was yeah. just really. It, I don't. I didn't see a lot of focus. No, I mean it was almost like it was like five different acts. It it, kind of, it was in in. You know, it, it was like, this is our main character for the first, like, hour of the movie. And then yeah. the last half hour of the movie, 
the wife is, and we don't really care about Don anymore if he lives or dies. Yeah. You know? we're, like, we're kind of invested in this guy. We hear about his story. We're like, oh, how is he going to overcome all this? stuff? Oh, he's, you know, uh, we don't care about him anymore. <laughs> no, Liz, Liz, Liz is here now. There's this pre- poor pregnant woman getting chased around by this uh the spirit of this uh, of this 1900s uh, hooker Prostitute. that uh, so well Sarah Sarah ends up showing up and this is like definitely Don makes a huge turn right here because Sarah shows up and Don's he does this like fake apology but sounds very sincere about it you right know, Sarah, hey I, I am truly sorry I shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. Uh, let's go to the kitchen. I have something for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Takes and a sledgehammer. Something is a sledgehammer, which he hits her in the head with. Yeah. <laughs> and wraps then her, he wraps yeah. her up in a sheet. Yeah, like wraps her up in a sheet and then uh, goes downstairs and throws lie on the body as he's about to board her Is that up? what that was? I yeah. thought that yeah, yeah, so maybe to prevent from stinking. It's or supposed to stop it from stinking, but you, aren't, you, uh, you also aren't supposed to touch it with your bare hands. Oh. It will burn the F, F out of your hands, you know. So, <laughs> nice censorship, right there. Yeah, you like that? Try to, you know. Hey, FCC, there you go. Um, but uh, you know, uh, like, there's a lot of problems like this in this movie. Like, uh, the the house is all also full of drywall, which a old house wouldn't be. It would have lath and blast. I don't know. That's yeah. not that big a deal. But <laughs> whatever. Like, like the entire house is made of uh, drywall, and he's just gonna board this woman up after putting some lie on her body. Yeah, border up stink? downstairs. I, I mean, it, yeah, I don't did know. Did you get the vibe that that was like a dungeon down there? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, it wasn't a very good strategy for hiding a body. I don't know if you've seen Forensics Files, but uh, that uh, that probably wouldn't work very well. <laughs> you know? And a hammer. Yeah. Hammer is a really bad murder tool, man. That, that if you're trying to get away with something, there's, oh there's going to be blood spatter everywhere here. You're so. going to touch the lie with your with your bare hands. hands yeah, uh, you're going to create like. What it looked like he was creating was a was a freaking uh, a coffin. Yeah, like like he wasn't putting up a, a faux wall or anything like that. He was creating a coffin. Is that what that was? Okay. It looked like it. Uh, yeah, it could, it could have been. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but I I got the, the feeling he was going to wall her up down there. That's not, he was making like a coffin. It looked like I. I that could I mean, very that, well be later a in much the mo- better strategy than walling up some woman in your uh, <laughs> that you have put some lie on, which you put a little bit of rudimentary lie on in in your basement. I don't know. So, um, but uh, ultimately, yeah. This obviously Don is bad at this point, yeah. and we he's made his turn. He, yeah, like we, that we, house has gotten to him. Or we something. are not sympathetic with him anymore. Um, he starts. Uh, he he finds Milo, I think. Like he sees Milo's face in the wall. Yeah. And then he runs like a camera through the wall. And this is one of the um, more genuine scares, I think. The only the jump is. scare I had yeah, during this. Yeah, movie. and it was pretty good actually. Yeah. Like he's running this. It's like a cable camera or whatever yeah. that's connected to his cell phone through the wall. Right. And he comes upon some hair, mm-hmm. and then it like moves. suddenly moves. Yeah. You know. And is is this like Sarah's body actually that he's. Uh, Found, so I, I didn't understand it. I, I no, I don't think so because this was, is some there other were two women. There oh, there were two, were two women. That's right. There were because there, there was yeah. a woman that her face was bashed in or, or yeah mangled. That's exactly. And then there was the ghost of Sarah. You know, a, a pretty girl, and, yeah. and you know she was just mm-hmm. being manipulated throughout the movie. Right. But I think that was the girl, the the mangled girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was there there was because he. His wife finds a newspaper from like nineteen oh nine, correct? Yep. And it, it details that there are two people that are, that were murdered. That's right. Uh, so that must be the other victim that's uh, that's there. But uh, um, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so ultimately, then you know his wife is in the house, and uh, yeah, marble goes through his body, so he's trying to cut himself. And I, that right. was kind of cool. Like he yeah, was trying to get some weird. marble out of his body. And again, just... very Evil Dead like. I thought yeah. it was kind of like you know when Ash tries to cut that cut his uh, when Ash cuts his hands off hand off because the evil gets in it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was the same thing. And it yeah. was just like he was cutting all over his face and his legs and stuff right. like that, and then it just comes out of his eyeball. And then yeah, cut scene. Liz, the wife, yeah. is now there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, the the end of the movie is basically her kind of being chased around by Don. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe you remember it better. Than I, you want to kind of go through what happened at the end? Was there anything? Yeah, like, well. I don't remember I mean, anything like, especially. Uh, now, we watched this movie two weeks ago, but. Um, well, I watched it last night. I, what I, happened? She gets there. She finds blood. Yeah. Or, or like splatters of blood. Uh, she finds the newspaper and then she's just calling for Don. He's not there. Obviously, she thinks he went to town. Yeah. Uh, or, or something like that. Then she finds all of his beer bottles and booze bottles all around. She's like, oh, man, he's been drinking again. Um, There's the scene where uh, the pastor comes kind of. Yeah, the pastor. Right. And then they have kind of a conversation and the pastor's kind of leaning towards you, you probably shouldn't be here. Right. But, but trying to figure out, you know, what the whole story is with this family. Um, actually, you know, no, Liz did confront or Sarah did confront front Liz yeah. and just, you know, they had just a really quick interaction. Uh, oh no, no, no. She was in the house. And then the pastor comes over and says, Oh no, I want to talk to you outside. I'm not coming in there. Yeah, that's right. Cause it's that's evil. Right. Um, there's also kind of a reenactment of what happened in the, uh, with the banister and stuff. Like there's, uh, some sort of, um, sexual show that's going on down that there. happens in a little bit because yeah, what yeah, happens okay. is is she like like liz is in there she's washing her hands or something like that in in the bathroom and then she finds this and this grosses me out finding <laughs> that long thing of hair yes, right. with with our ladies they have long hair and it gets stuck in the drain and you gotta that grosses me out more than anything when she did that true, I, that happens. I i was so like like it's you know nails on a chalkboard type thing where you know some people just shriek like with me that's that's my shrieking moment um so she pulls this thing out and looks down and this eyeball looks at her so that was a pretty decent jump scare that was a good scare yeah she was really freaked out by this she goes back over to the pastor's house and says okay now i'm freaked out because i don't know where don is it's late at night um she reveals that Don has had affairs, that he defrauded people, right. that he could have gone to prison, but you know because the FBI worked out a deal, that he's had this this history of being a bad guy, and then their second chance was they have a child, uh, they're going to get this house, and they're going to live ha- happily ever after. Well, the pastor finally tells her, hey, listen, what's best for your family is to leave, because that, that mm-hmm. is an evil house. Right. So she goes back over to the house, and there are just people wandering around. It, right. That's. It's that's not. Weird. I mean, I. You can assume that they're ghosts because I think that's where they were kind of leaning towards because mm-hmm. you had the guy with the handlebar mustache. Yeah, thing. they're all. They all appear to be from the early 1900s, right? Yeah, so. and and Sarah approaches her and says, "Oh, hey. Oh, by the way, you know the party's on now. Mm-hmm. So Sarah's just looking for Don, calling for his name, and." Um, this other girl comes out he's like oh are you gonna join us uh, no yeah <laughs> okay right. we'll go upstairs and enjoy the show right so she goes upstairs all these guys like like the 1900s are standing mm-hmm. up there and then this is where sarah comes in she gets naked you know what was weird about this mm-hmm. is it they, 
there was really no gratuitous nudity. There wasn't any because no, the, no, the, no. the way they cut the camera, yeah, you never really saw any nudity. No, I'm and it was yeah, no, you didn't. There was nothing gratuitous about the scene. Yeah, really at not all. at all. But but then this guy with this weird mask. Like yeah, it's this. almost like a plague doctor mask. It's yeah, I like got a long beak on yeah. it. Yeah, he comes in with this mm-hmm. switch and starts spanking yeah. Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, yeah, while well, these guys are watching from the banister upstairs, I mean, you can so. only imagine what yeah, they're doing. Right, um, right. Sarah ends up seeing a little girl yeah. and goes to her. And um, Don earlier in the movie had found this room. He knocked down some drywall and found like this room up in the attic with drawings and some marbles. Drawings, right? Mm-hmm. And marbles played this whole thing throughout the movie where it would like shoot around or follow you or whatever. See, I, I was kind of dumb. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the the weird guy with the mask thing came up and gave the little girl marbles. Right. Um, so Liz comes back down. She go she gets into her room mm-hmm. or where Don and her room's gonna be, and it's perfectly the same. Yeah. I mean, there's not that viewing area anymore. Right. It's like the drywall and everything's up. Don comes out of the closet, crawling. Uh, I and, mean, crawling out of the closet. Yeah. All cut up, and that's when this is when he's been all sliced up. He sliced himself up to get the marble out of out from underneath his skin, right? Yeah, and then he says something like, "I just wanted to be the man one more time," because they called him mm-hmm. King Don throughout the movie. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh gosh. So it's uh, he <laughs> he's got this uh, box cutter, so he cuts his face right down the middle, and it's actually Sarah. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, right down. It's Sarah. She finds Milo in the wall. You know, there's all these fluids starting to come out of the sockets again. Um, for some reason, she grabs the sledgehammer and she finds, like, in a closet, she just hits this part of the drywall. And it's the little girl's body. Or, oh, that's or right. Decomposed body. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, it's the, the pastor, they bury her. And then we cut to six months later. <laughs> yeah. Daughter's born. Uh, she says something like, oh, hey, get a nap, sweetie. We're going to go to the park after this. And then Marvel's falling the little on the baby. Mm-hmm. And then it looks up into the vent. And there's Dawn saying, that's my little girl. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There's the end yeah. of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Right. And, um, you know, it kept my interest, I guess, for most of the movie. I think it, it ran just it was it's all, it was uh, exactly an hour and 30 minutes. Um but it I, felt longer than that. I me. felt like the last maybe 10, 15 minutes was just like I could have been done after that. Sure. You know, and it it never really like, you know, I, I get like like Don was a bad guy. That was clear. But, you know, uh, not resolving any of this, those issues and just, you know, turning Liz into the hero at the end kind of uh, left it. I don't know. It was kind of unsatisfying, I thought. I don't it, know. It was hard to follow. Yeah, because it was like, well, how is this going to resolve itself? You know, like that was what I was really watching for. It's like, geez, he's in this situation now. How is he going to redeem himself from this? And he never does. I mean, it's it's just he's just a bad guy, you know. So yeah, I've got a lot of questions. So what is Sarah? Is she still there? I I don't know. And and as is I because she actually done? killed she killed that mangled face woman. Did she kill that yeah, person? Yeah, okay. yeah, like physically killed her with the sledgehammer, like smashed her head in. Okay. And then what happened to Sarah? Sarah just... I don't know. You know, I, it, 
and it, it is. It's like way open ended. Nothing is re- really resolved in it. There, there, there was no rhyme to the reason, and no. the way it took so many different turns. Like I said, it felt like five different acts. It, it felt it like did. five different stories were going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of the things that should have been scary could have been scarier just weren't maybe that's because you've got a more you know a novice director here but uh like when she finds milo in the wall that should have been a lot scarier i i don't know i just didn't well and you saw the same exact shot when when uh don saw him right and it was like Mm -hmm. wait it's the exact same shot and there was oh my gosh there was i remember like 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 one of the one of the outlets had a very not a phallic looking one, but a, it looked like genitalia, woman genitalia. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it shot to... a marble out of it. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, that I was yeah. like, oh, uh-huh. wait, hold on a second. So, so is the house supposed to be a woman? I, could is, be. Um, you know what's up with the marbles? The marbles were associated with the little girl at yeah. the end of the movie, and yet the marbles played into the very last scene of the movie where Don's up in the vent and looks at his daughter and shoots marbles at her. Yeah, so is this restarting itself and this is going to be... Do, I don't know. I, I, yeah, there was, I, just, there was just too much... There wasn't enough information and there was too much uh, going on that didn't get resolved. Um, I, I assume, like, the girl was being exploited somehow by the... You know, if you look at those drawings, I think it's kind of like what uh, what happened in Midsummer and... Uh, uh, and uh, hereditary, hereditary, where they you know allude to things through the drawings, uh, sure, like the tapestries oh, okay. in Midsummer or whatever. So I get the idea by looking at those drawings that the girl was being exploited in this whole thing, and uh, like to keep her quiet, or they're giving her marbles to play with. But maybe that maybe was it. Was this never? And it's helping, but maybe. And it has no rhyme or reason, but mm-hmm. maybe that little girl was Sarah. That could have been too. Who knows? And then just appears as a as a mid twenties woman. Could have been. I you and know, maybe she disappeared after her body was laid to rest. I don't know. I mean, there was just that there trope. was no you know there was no reason why she acted like a a woman from twenty twenty or anything either. You know, it was no no no. no. And again, you brought that up before, and, yeah. and no, it didn't make any sense because there was she sent the text message all good, yeah. and then she also sent like before uh, Don got killed, she sent a, a a selfie of her flipping off the camera. That's right. Yeah, uh, from Milo's phone. So she knows advanced functions with smartphones. I mean, like stuff that I wouldn't have known fifteen years ago. This this woman knows, and she's from 1909. Yeah, you know why? I I don't know. I mean, yeah, again, you don't have to explain everything, but uh, and 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 I think it's, it'd be kind of cool to know why the uh, like the ghost learns things or stays in the, in the current time. Fine, you know, that's kind of interesting, but why? You know, it and, it, and she just doesn't carry any kind of of. Um, baggage or anything from 1909 there's not like any uh ideas from 19 you expect somebody who lived that long to like uh i don't know um have some older ideas about things and stuff and she yeah, just she, she doesn't just wore a regular she, shirt and like short, acts a short ex- skirt exactly acts exactly like a person from 2020 you know and the only only vibe that you got from the 1900s were the guys when, when yeah she came back home yeah. after talking to the pastor and mm-hmm. there was this party going on yeah yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, there was a lot of stuff that just didn't get explained and was never uh, never, ex- never really explained or, or uh, 
you don't know what's going on here. So I'm really lukewarm on this movie. I think if you were going to watch it, uh, maybe it's it's going to be out on Netflix uh, February, like late fit in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. You, yeah, absolutely. You could do I, worse. I, you could do better. Yeah. But it's just, you know, kudos to this guy for, for trying. I think um, if you're a fan of Phil Brooks, yeah, uh, I mean, check it out. WWE fan. Yeah. I think uh, it's, it's worth a watch just to see. Because Phil Brooks does have some, I think he's got great potential as a horror actor. For sure. You know? Um, better better director you know better story i think he could be really great in a in a horror role yeah, um I, 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 and i'd I, love to see him play ash williams since bruce campbell is gonna <laughs> that'd be great you know, wouldn't it you know what and <laughs> i actually thought about that last night because like bruce keeps saying that he's retired yeah, from he's it. done playing ash williams i would love a guy to see that looks it. just like him but you know yeah. maybe has a little more edge to him or right. something i'd love to see that man i mean it would <laughs> just watch this movie and think about that that's that's half the entertainment value I got out of the movie. Well, we're gonna we're gonna score this bad boy. Yeah. Where, where are you sitting with uh, Girl on the Third Floor? I'm gonna give it exactly two stars. Two stars. Yeah. That's so fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm gonna bump it up a half star, two and a half, because um, nice attempt from uh, Travis Stevens. Mm-hmm. He whiffed a lot in it. Yeah. There were some some great things, and you know I think Phil did did a decent job i i thought the the woman who played the wife did a great job yeah, i i, I would um, agree the the sarah character i i could never really attach to because i didn't there were a lot of unanswered questions mm-hmm. but you understood with liz of her struggle yet mm-hmm. she's being a very forgiving wife and you know you you sympathize with her more than anybody right mm-hmm. so i'll sit at a two and a half okay yeah i think that's fair too so we got, uh, Andy mentioned it at the beginning of the cast, we are going to be talking about the very polarizing sequel to The Shining from 2019. That would be uh, Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Curious to see what we think about Because we're both lukewarm on The Shining. We can recognize mm-hmm. it as a classic, but we're sure. kind of like right down the middle on it. But uh, coming up the following week, we're going to go a little bit earlier in the week. And should I tell you? Because I got a little surprise for you. Uh, sure. You want to you, you know? Yeah, tell me. We're, we're going to have a special guest. Uh, we are. We okay. are. And who would that be? Uh, you've heard of the Straight Chillin' Podcast, right? Um, our, I recall it. Yeah, I've our, heard our of Our friends that. over at Straight Chillin' Podcast. Yeah. So we've had Bob on. Yes, we we've have. We've had Randy on. Okay. And there's one more co-host. There's so only you, one. Justin. Per- yes. Has never Justin, been on. Really? He's going to call us from South Korea. He is going to call us from South Korea and join us. We are really? doing the top five movies, our top five movies of all time. Oh, wow. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> it'd be awesome. He's not been on the show before, so. We reached out to him, but he finally agreed, and we appreciate him coming awesome. on. And It's going to be a good episode because it's going to be episode number 50. Can you believe that? That is uh, hard to believe, no, but uh, but yeah, it, it is already episode 50, isn't it? There you go. Time flies when you're having fun. That's right. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.